0: Have you ever wondered what it's like to work on a cruise ship? You are away from your family and friends for months at a time, you meet new people every single day, and you probably see a few things. Today on the Quick and the Dirty Podcast, we're going to talk to a guy named Cruz who worked on a cruise ship for five years. Uh, We're going to talk about the drama, the relationships, the sex, and that time that someone actually went overboard.
1: The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hilary Welch and Sandra Plagakis.
2: I'm Hilary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And this is the part of the the podcast where we uh, sort of catch up, find out what everybody's been up to and talk about our failures in life. We call it (laughs) The Quick. We do call it The Quick. Um,
0: Hilary, I want to be an Uber driver. What? I want to be an Uber driver. There, I said it.
2: Are you looking to make a little cash on the side? Like, is this going to be your new side hustle?
0: No, I think I want to do it for free. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, well, listen. The other day, I had to do a lot of deliveries and pickups for a radio station promotion. And if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a road trip beast, right?
2: Right. You love road trips.
0: I like picking things. I was picking things up, and then I was delivering things off, and I had a, a continuous schedule that went on for four hours. And I loved it. like I loved it. And I was just sitting in the car thinking, oh, my God, I think I'd be a great Uber driver. I mean, except for the passengers. Otherwise, <laughs> I think I'd be really good at it. But, no, but I,
2: what do you love about it? Is it the driving or is it the meeting new people and hearing all their stories?
0: I think I would like the and it's funny because this kind of works part and parcel with the, the, the guests that we have on the podcast today. Just that whole experience of meeting new people. I would love that to have interesting cats in my car. The drunk ones, maybe not so much. But I like to, I love to drive. It's that moment where your mind starts to trail off and think about other things and you know the stress of the day is kind of gone you crank yeah, but up But I think the music. that's not
2: good driving because don't you have to pay attention?
0: You know I don't I was doing a lot of highway driving so maybe that's why I could pull it up because maybe uber driving would be more city driving i and well, now you're ruining it for me are you one of those people that ruin things? <laughs>
2: They do call me the Ruiner. I know. I do.
0: (laughs) I just feel like, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, that the notion that everybody should have a third thing, you know, something that they love or a hobby. Mm -hmm. I think driving is my third thing. Does that make sense?
2: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So if you need a lift or something, I like to be the wheel man. Uh, I'm always the wheel man. In fact, I don't like other people driving my car. When I pick up my girlfriend, Deb, and we go, or we, or she comes and picks me up. I always drive her car to wherever we're going. Sandra, that's that's not
2: because you like driving. That's because you don't like losing control.
0: Is it? Because I like to, because I feel like I like to drive. I like that. Oh, I guess it is about control. So (laughs) all these adorable little things that I thought about myself aren't true. Is that what you're saying?
2: Okay. I love them, and I love you. All right, okay. But hey, why don't you give it a try? You could totally get your Uber little license, and you might need a new car.
0: Do you know that mine literally smells like feet right now?
2: Is it because you have teenage boys?
0: (laughs) No, it's because... (laughs) Oh, it's just like a whole, you know, when you have a chain of events in your life, and just one thing happens, and now, by the time the fifth things happen, fifth thing happens, your car starts to smell like feet. Um, like, what are you
2: talking about?
0: I have a protein shake every morning for breakfast. I bring it mm-hmm. to work. It's this giant protein shake uh, filled with Greek yogurt, water, and protein. Um, and for about three days in a row, it spilled in my car. I spilled oh. it, and. Then, the following week, I spilled a whole like a vat almost of coffee on my front seat floor and uh, like I on hate to break
2: it to you, but you would not have a good rating as an Uber driver if your car smells like feet.
0: I already don't as a passenger <laughs> i'm I'm three point eight which yes.
2: How- Possible. Well, I blame you my late? husband.
0: I blame my husband because um, the other day we were like, "I oh, would better call an Uber." I'm like, "Well, if they come and get us, Tim." Uh, I mean, <laughs> in theory, if you, what is the requirement of a, being an Uber passenger, Hillary? What's your requirement?
2: You have to show up on time. Yeah. You have to give the correct address. Yes. Uh, and you have to be polite.
0: Right. I do all of those things. In fact, uh, I gauge because I work with the public so much and I do events. I gauge to see, you know, I gauge the driver to see if he's a chatty one or he doesn't want to talk. And I feel it out. And then I, if he doesn't want to talk, I'm quiet. And how I got a 3.8, I don't know. But I blame Tim because a couple of years ago we went out uh, drinking for dinner and whatever with friends. And it's it's February, so it's cold. We get into this Uber. Tim can't open the door because it's frozen shut in the back. And the driver's like, just pull, just pull it. He ends up pulling the handle off the guy's oh, car. Oh, yeah.
2: Tim ruined your Uber rating.
0: <laughs> and the, the Uber driver was crestfallen. And Tim kept saying, you told me to pull. You kept telling me to, like, force it. And it just snapped off. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole ride, we kept apologizing to this guy who who wasn't having it. But it's not your fault his car sucks. It's not my fault. And it's, you know, it's minus 35. It's Ottawa. It's cold. Uh, So I feel like it was just, you know, an unfortunate turn of events. But my (laughs) Uber driving took a hit. I spent two years building it back up. What was it at? It was in the, um, uh, it was 3.2. So he must have, so I must have had some uh, like fives in there. And this guy must have given me like a zero. Right. So I've been building I'm a three point eight right now. I'm just, I'm a
2: four point eight and I'm super bitter about it. Well, what is holding you back from the five? My co host here in London, we went on a trip. What what ticks me off is his is a five because when it's his Uber rating, he's super amazing. But we went to Toronto and he's slammy McGee with the doors, he like <laughs> just wrenches them and he had words with our Uber driver who <gasps> Why did he have words? I don't get why. Why would he do that? First, he slammed a door and the guy got really mad and then he slammed the trunk and another door. And now my Uber (laughs) rating is a four point eight. Oh, my God. Did you did you like go
0: to the driver? I'd be like, I just want you to know that I'm the account holder (laughs) because I would do
2: that (laughs) for the perfect thing. You know what I've decided to start doing? I'm going to steal his phone when he's not looking and order (laughs) Ubers that he doesn't want. And so that they show up and he's not there, because it just ticks me off that his Uber rating is better than mine.
0: Yeah, there's nothing worse in life than knowing that you are like even complete strangers don't think well of you. I am People a subpar don't... person. I know, and that like in a 20 minute cab ride, you've been assessed as a 2.8 in life. Like to me, that's
2: I find that very hurtful. Don't you? Absolutely. So I ended up needing an Uber on the weekend, Sandra. Oh, girl and I learned some very important lessons that beauty is actually pain. Well, (laughs) I love that you're just learning that lesson now. What happened? Uh, I decided to go to a gala event and I had gotten this dress from a friend of mine and I couldn't understand why she'd never worn the thing. It's beautiful. It's like pink and sequiny and short and sexy. And I thought maybe she didn't wear this dress because, well, it's a little bit revealing and she didn't have the guts to wear it. No. It's because sequins are glass shards (laughs) and you add chardonnay with glass shards on the inner parts of my arm. My arms are cut from dancing. Yeah. yeah, You know what?
0: That's a rookie move. Got to (laughs) say. Real rookie move on your part. Sequin is not your friend. As as much as I know you like to sparkle because we all do, sequin (laughs) is not your friend.
2: It was so painful. By the end of the night, I was walking around with my arms on my hips just to get them away from my body, <laughs> uh, which also is not a good look because it's not like I get that hollow model look where they're like bent over with their backs arched.
0: Yeah, God, God love no, them. No, like Nobody my gut's does, yeah. hanging
2: out. <laughs>
0: That's not a position, by the way. People's bodies aren't supposed to do that. I don't like that look.
2: But yeah, I just learned I need to sparkle on my own. Like your your own personality, you mean? Right. Yes. Or just the sweat on my brow. But (laughs) either way, I am done with sequins. We are breaking up. And this was my first foray into sequins because I already had some bad mojo when it came to sparkles. Because my mother refuses to buy anything that isn't covered in pearls or sequins. Oh, my God. She's at that stage in her life. Like, it's got to be diamond encrusted or Patricia's not into it. And... (laughs) (laughs) Patricia,
0: <laughs> why do you got to be like that?
2: So now, like, I can remember there was a period in my late teens to mid-twenties where everything I got had sparkles on it. And my mother would say, oh, it'll be beautiful on stage because <laughs> I am <was> a singer. <laughs> she was I a had, stage mother, wasn't she? Oh, my gosh. Oh. And, like, everything I owned had sparkles on it. Never again. Never again. I, I tried. Like, I'm yeah. done. Um
0: the last time I wore sequins I was in a figure skating competition. I never actually wore sequins in my day-to-day like you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like a performance thing, right? Right. Um I saw that dress by the way on social media and you looked so cute in it. It's like what off-white or creamy color? It's like rose gold. Rose gold. Oh, it didn't look rose. Okay, that's nice. And you wore a little jacket on top? Yeah. Cute. It was blingin. And cute until you started to bleed. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's all fun and games until you're bleeding on your gorgeous little dress.
0: You know, suck it up, princess, okay? Because <laughs> you look really good in that picture. And I wouldn't give a... Sequins is great. It's very, very painful. I agree. And I, I'd actually forgotten about how painful sequins can be when rubbed against a tender body part. Oh, But still worth it. Because, you know, that like... I love that you didn't know that this late in the game. You didn't know beauty is pain. You suck. You never wore a pair of high heels all night
2: that killed. Oh, yeah. But then I always see I'm ghetto. I pack a pair of purse flats or yeah, flip flops every time. Yeah.
0: Have you ever walked it like left an event in your bare feet <laughs> holding your shoes? <laughs> I've done that before. I'm like,
2: I'm out. Forget it. Forget you know, it. it's been a good night when you have to wash your feet before you go to bed. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's uh, exactly right. But We're, you know listen. what? I found a solution to the problem, Sandra. Oh. I just drank an entire bottle of Chardonnay <laughs> and then I couldn't feel anything. Then you couldn't. Can... <laughs> <laughs> and you
0: you uh, lifted your Uber rating. You're, you're, oh, all, yeah. you're getting close there.
2: I, I was a friggin' peach. Let me tell you. <laughs> Were you chatty Cathy in the Uber? Because uh, I don't know. Yeah, because I had this cute little guy. I don't know. He just moved to town and maybe even to Canada. And he Aww. was so cute. And I, I just wanted to talk to him and have this lovely conversation. I don't know if he felt the same way. No, Still a 4. actually 8.
0: booked a trip back to his <laughs> homeland. He's out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. It's time to get down to the dirty. We're going to welcome our next guest.
0: So what's it like to work on a cruise ship? Really? Uh, today, we welcome a guy named Cruz. <laughs> I know. Where did he get the name? Who actually worked on a cruise ship for five years, and he's got some stories to tell. Please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty
2: podcast, Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Thank you. So just as some background, Cruz, you actually work with Sandra in Ottawa on the radio, doing the yeah. radio thing. Yes. Excellent.
1: So for for me, just out of if, if you're wondering why, why is his name Cruz? This is like <laughs> the lamest thing ever. Okay, So when I started in radio, uh, my program director at the time said, you need a nickname, a radio nickname to go on the air. What do you want it to be? And they bounced around within the jocks at the station. They bounced around a bunch of names. I thought they all sucked. And then my best friend said to me, go with cruise. You worked on a ship for five years. It's how you got to where you are today. No one out there, none of your listeners are going to know that. So just go with that name. So that's what I went with. And yeah, so being working and living on cruise ships was a huge part Of who I am. So having that name on the radio is just... Yeah.
0: You know, most people don't go five years, though. That's the only thing. Like, I know people who've been on cruise ships, and they'll go one or two um, rounds. I don't know what you call it, a round? (laughs) A contract. (laughs) A contract at a time. Yeah, and a
1: contract can be anywhere from, for me, it was four to six months. For some people, it could be upwards of eight months on. wow. At a time, I know lots of lifers who have met their spouses on cruise ships and they work together and they travel all around the world together. I know lots of people. It's not for them. They come, they do four months, never again.
2: Yeah, I actually come from a music background and a lot of my musician friends ended up working on cruise ships for a long period of time and met their spouses. And it's very different of a lifestyle.
1: For the musicians, I will say for them, it's a great gig. To be able, cause, because the only time that you work pretty much is in the evenings. So most of the days when you're in port, the guests are all off the ship. So for the musicians, they've got the whole day to get out there and explore the city or wherever port we're in and then come back. As long as they're back on time for their sound check, they can you know, light up the instruments and away they go. It's a good life That's for musicians. That's a good gig. Yeah, so, it's really good. But
0: can I just ask you the question I need to know right off the top? Yeah. Is everybody just having sex with each other who works on the ship?
1: I'm not going to say that there's a little bit of sex going on. There, there is a lot of sex going on below, uh, below decks.
2: That's it? Well, <laughs> let me, okay, let's let get me pay, How did sorry, you ahead, start girl. the cruise ship lifestyle? How, so how did I start the cruise ship lifestyle? Yeah, how did you get into it?
1: Uh, when I started out, uh, I,
2: I graduated
1: college, and I was one of the many people who didn't know what the hell they wanted to do with their life. My parents had been on three cruises and said, you know what? I think, I think there's a job for you as an MC on a cruise ship. You should start looking into it. So I looked into a bunch of cruise lines. I got online and I sent out a bunch of applications to probably like 20 different lines and then got a call back, went for an interview. And the next thing I knew, six weeks later, I was on a ship.
0: What did you expect when you started your job on a cruise ship? And was it what you thought? Because I know that there's a real, um, uh, I mean, you romanticize that life being on the, the seas, right? And you're, uh, you know, away from your family. And it's very, uh, probably very sexy. Is it? Uh, it, it, it
1: is. It, it depends on what you're there for. There's a lot of people that are there to make some money and get off and, and come and make money for a car. They want to pay down their student loans. They want to, some people just want to travel. They'll go home at the end of their contract with zero cash. They'll go home in debt. <laughs> Just that's the kind of party life that they've had on the ship. Uh, for me, I didn't know what the hell I wanted. So when I got there and I started working, it turned out to be everything that I ever wanted in a job because I got to be on a microphone eight to 10 hours a day, hosting all different kinds of activities all over the deck, from the bottom to the top, front to the back, everything. So from a performer's standpoint, it was everything. Now, the one thing that people can't handle and that catches a lot of uh, cruise ship employees by surprise is the number of hours they have to work and the amount of days in a row that they have to work. So, for example, for my particular job, I would work 8 to 10 hours every day, 7 days a week, for 4 months, maybe even 6 months at a time, depending on your contract. There are no days off when you're a cruise ship employee. Because for our ship, for example, the guests would get on on a Saturday morning— They would travel with us for a week. We would do a loop of, say, the Caribbean and come back. As those guests guests get off Saturday morning, the next set of guests are loading into the ship at the other end. So we're getting rid of one set of guests and getting a whole new crew. So it just it turns itself over. And before you know it, before the afternoon comes, you're back out on
0: the sea. That's exhausting.
1: Yeah, it can be. So it depends on what kind of worker you are. If you're the kind of person who can who can work and find play and have fun in your job, because you're with other people. It's not like there's a bunch, half the ship is off and you have to go and work. Everybody's working all the time, except for the musicians, like I said. The yeah, they're having a nice time. Yeah, yeah that, that's, you want to learn how to play guitar early <laughs> on in your life.
0: What's it like being away from your friends and family for months at a time? Because you're, I mean, it's not like, 60 year olds are doing this job. It's generally a job that attracts younger people. So that's tough.
1: Uh, Here's what I found that you can go away for four to six months and you've experienced all these amazing things. You've stopped at many different countries, ports. You've met people on my ship. We had 55 different nationalities represented just within the crew alone, not including the guests. And you have all these amazing experiences and you come back home after four to six months away and it feels like nothing has changed on land, but you are this completely different person. It's, I almost, it reminded me of when I was a teenager, I worked at a camp as a counselor, And you think as a counselor, you try to come home and you try to explain to your friends your whole camp experience and like, yep, great, good for you. And they just (laughs) don't understand. A cruise ship is kind of like that in the sense that you've experienced so many things and there's no way I'm going to be able to hold your attention long enough to tell you everything that I've learned and seen and experienced along the way. So that was the one thing that I found is that you go away, you change, you come back a different person. But when you come home, everyone else is exactly the way that you left them.
2: Now, cruise. there's one thing I know from talking with my friends who've worked on ships. There are a lot of rules regarding fraternizing with the guests. That so-
1: depends on which cruise ship that you're on. So for me, I worked on Disney Cruise Lines, and Disney Cruise Lines, there is no messing around. You do not interact in that way with the guests at all. If you're caught doing any of it, like they like, they will throw you over. No, they will throw you But they will – you will be off at the next port. There's no messing around. There are other ships that are a little bit more lenient and where you can actually, depending on your role on the ship, you can actually drink and party with the guests. And it's encouraged to do that. Now, whatever happens after that, it's not like they're saying, you should go back and have sex with all of these guests. It's not like that. (laughs) They're just saying, you know, go and party with the guests and make sure that the guests have a good time. But where you go from there, I guess, would be up to you.
2: Now, a lot of boats, they have separate bars and social areas for the workers than they do for the guests.
1: Yeah. So we had what we called the crew bar. And the crew bar was right you know where the water level is on the side of the yeah. ship? That's where the crew bar is. <laughs> wow. Right. So it's right like Moving little, on up little bae. tiny porthole. <laughs> um, that's where the crew bar was. And it's probably like fifty by fifty. It's very small. Oh. Because you would never get that many crew members. So for example, on the ships that I worked on, <clears throat> excuse me, we had about a thousand crew members. And because you're working ten hours a day, maybe more depending on your role. The last thing you're thinking of is I'm going to go down and really tie one on tonight because tomorrow morning you have to be up at 6 a.m. and do it all over again. There's never a recovery day, so you've really got to pick your battles as to when you want to go down to the crew bar and tie one on. (laughs)
0: so it's like basically where the poor people stayed in the Titanic yes just like that Yes, you know that scene where Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate
1: Winslet they're like dancing around they're smashing like yes just like that that's the crew bar Uh,
0: fun but tragic at the same time the fun
1: thing was is that everyone (laughs) I mean that wouldn't happen every single night we don't you know everyone would decide okay you know we had a crew organizer who would organize parties for us uh, and a big event you know okay tonight is I don't know 80s night so when you're off in port go find an 80s outfit and then we're just gonna you know, really tie one on tonight. The guests would get wind of that, and they would say, "Hey, can, how do we how do we get in?" Like, "Well, you're not invited. You can't come down to the crew part." Oh, well, no, come on, we want to, we want to. What do we do? <laughs> so you would find guests wandering the crew hallways because they would find those special doors to access our areas. <laughs> and the best thing that they, that a guest can do, if you are a guest and you want to try to find the crew quarters, first of all, you're never going to get to the bar, and if you do, you'll be kicked out immediately. Is to act casual, act like you belong. And pretend that maybe it's your first week on board as a crew member and have this dumbfounded look. That's the best way I can say if anybody wants to find the crew bar, (laughs) it's just to act like, oh, it's my first week. Even stop someone. You know, with, with stripes on their arms, say, hey, I'm really sorry to bother you. It's my first week on board. How do I get to the crew bar? They'll probably walk you all the way. Oh, yeah. What's your name? Where are you from? Oh, what, what department are you in? So maybe have some answers up your sleeve ready to, to answer that question.
2: What are the quarters like for staff on cruise ships? Because I okay. know like a regular cruise ship room is not that big and you're paying to be there.
1: Right. So uh, to give you an example from my job, I was with a roommate and you don't get to pick your roommate; you're just assigned a room. Oh
0: God, that's exhausting! Our I already room, hate this. Our
1: room was about um, eight by eight.
0: Holy! It's like maybe, so it was like jail. Maybe
1: ten by ten, and it's a bunk situation, like a single bunk, not a not a double bed. So I hope you like sleeping in a straight line. Don't you, you can't <laughs> spread out. Uh, you're in a bunk situation. There's a tiny triangular bathroom in the corner that has a shower and a toilet and a sink. You share it. And there's two sort of cupboards that you have to store your clothes. Your bed can lift up so you can store your your empty suitcases underneath, but that's it. So the last thing you want to do when going to work on a cruise ship is pack like you're going on a vacation. Because you get all your uniforms there and you're in uniform every single day, so you only need enough clothes you know, to last you a week and then you can, you know, you can wash them in the crew quarters and all the different, you know, laundry services we have. But the last thing you want is is five suitcases coming on because you think, well, I'm going to be here for six months. No, it has nothing to do with how much you pack.
2: Uh, Insanity. I, that Was that insane. giving you anxiety just listening to the size of the yeah. room, Sandra? Because I know... I, uh...
0: I took an out of that, actually, because it, I thought it was easier. I couldn't get through that. It's, it's weird,
1: though. <laughs> what's, what's weird is that you you just have to deal with your roommate. You can ask for a change if you want. And I can still remember the first day that I got on board. I'm walking down the hall. I'm bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, going, this is all so new. I don't know what to do. I'm 22 years old at the time, first time on a cruise ship. And I'm wandering the halls with a map. I'm saying, I'm trying to get to this room. Oh, you're down the hall. Like, wh- What's the name of your roommate? My roommate's name is Evan. Oh.
0: Oh, God, no. (laughs) Oh.
1: And they're like, yeah, it's down the hall. It's like, okay. And then I'm like, hi, I'm looking for this room. Evan is my roommate. Oh, God. And that was the response from every single person that I met in the hallway. And finally, I met Evan. And uh, Evan was probably the weirdest guy that I've ever met.
2: (laughs) What was his job on the Uh, show?
1: He worked in... um, the kids area where they, you know, where all the kids get dropped off, uh, like kind of on, not babysitting, but like a camp counselor within the child's, uh, what, do, what do you even want to call it?
0: Like the daycare? You, youth
1: like... activities is yeah, what yeah. we right call right it on right. our ship. Uh, but he was just this weird, weird dude. Nobody liked this guy. And I can remember thinking, oh, my God, this is my first day. I don't know what I'm in for here. This guy was the weirdest dude. Every morning he would wake up. He had a cassette player and he played Billy Ocean. <laughs> on cassette every morning when he wakes It didn't matter what was time I should... It was Caribbean queen. Please oh tell God. me. Get out of my dreams. Like every single morning, and I'd pull my curtain back from my bunk. I'm like, dude, Like, we share this room. He's like, sorry, I gotta go to work. I'm like, sorry, I don't have to go to work. Anyway, he was an interesting guy, and I managed to live out two contracts with Evan. After my first contract, I went away. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a new roommate when I went back. Well, Evan started his contract a week before I did, so uh. when I got... I was in the same room as Evan. I was like, ah... <laughs> But uh, we we had a good time. We we had an understanding. I think uh, I think gay people were new to Evan. I don't know from where. Oh God, he, I no. I think he was small town, so I don't think he was very. And I knew that he just had this sort of uncomfortableness to him. So I always took Evan for a ride. Like I'd be on the top bunk, he'd be on the bottom. We'd be talking for a while, and then I'd be like, "Okay, tonight, man, I'm going to bed. I got to get up early in the morning." And we'd close our curtains, and we'd be lying there in silence. And just to mess with Evan, I would say, "Hey, Evan, are you still awake?" Yeah. Do you know Mike down in the galley who, who serves the food? Mike? Yeah, the guy with the curly hair. Yeah, yeah, I think I know him. Do you think he's attractive? <laughs> and, and, and he would be like, what, 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 do you, what, what do you mean? Well, do you think he's a good-looking, a good-looking guy? Well, I don't know what you're asking me. No, well, I'm just asking, you know, like, <laughs> do you think he's an attractive man? Like, do, do you think, you know... Fair question! You no, know, I'm, I'm not saying are you attracted to him. I'm saying, are, do you find him an attractive man? Well, I don't really know why. Uh, don't worry about it. Anyway, good night, Evan. Good night. And then I would go to sleep, and just a me- I would do this stuff all the time to mess with him. and I can remember, you know, you're living in close quarters, eight by eight with a person. Uh, you have to change. It's like a locker room. You just sometimes you're in the room. You got to get changed together, next to each other, whatever. It happens like a locker room. I can remember from that day forward, he always had a towel around him. There was oh no
2: messing my around. God,
0: he was nice. You're in so out.
2: mean. I know, but I had to. I the I weird, had to do but
0: it. I find it very concerning that he's the guy they put with the kids. Like really. <laughs> Like, come on! You know
1: what, Evan is, was a was a great guy. He was just a little bit weird, and you know, I, I guess he wasn't the greatest roommate uh, for everybody else. But we got along really fine. I messed with him from time to time, but you know, at the end of my contract, I was I was a Billy Ocean. Fan. All
2: right. So now we have to get to the real dirty stuff: sex on the high seas. You're in yeah. an eight by eight room with a it's... rather closed off roommate. Yeah. How do you make that happen? It's. Um... It's it's
1: very similar to uh, if, for anybody who's ever lived lived dorm life in university or college. It's the you have to come up with some kind of schedule. So if you're down in the crew bar and you say and and you think, okay, tonight's the night that something's going to happen. You, you, me and Evan have to come to an agreement. Okay, Evan, listen. I am going to be going back to the room and I'm going to be here for X amount of time. I'm penciling it in right now. So you need to find something else to do. Oh, come on, man. I got to start early. And I don't care what time you start. You cannot come back to the room. Trust me, this... buddy.
2: You don't want to yeah. come back. to the. But there room. were
1: lots of different signs. You know, people had the signs that you, 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 that you hear before the sock on the door, uh, on the doorknob outside, <laughs> nice. some kind of little uh, trinket out on the doorknob that let people know, hey, maybe now is not the best time. To uh, to come, but I think a lot of people out there as well. You just get earplugs. You just put your headphones oh, in. Oh no way! Yeah, you turn your music on, and and that's it, it, that's just the life that you have to live. It's an awkward one, and it's weird, but sometimes that's just the life that you have. And you know what? If you're in the room as well, and all of a sudden you're like, I think there's some business going on here. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with getting up out of bed, putting your shoes on, and going down to the crew bar. Everyone's like, Hey man, like I thought you just left. I did, but I'm back here for a little while.
2: (laughs) Why wouldn't people trade off roommates? So be like, I'm gonna my my girl's coming over here tonight, so you bunk with this person today.
1: Uh, some people I mean, some people didn't have relationships or didn't have anywhere to go. Right. So they're thinking, well, I'm I'm not going to be inconvenienced. This is my room and I'm going to stay here. But what you would get into is that you would get in relationships and you'd have your girlfriend or boyfriend sleeping over in your room. And suddenly this room that's only meant for for really one person, but you've already got two people in bunks now has a third person. It's just the life that we lead. You get used to it and you just roll with the punches. You you can't complain about it because who the hell are you going to complain to? The people in the next room who are going through the exact same thing.
2: Right. But the real winner are the ones that have the room to themselves when their person is left to be. So
1: that's your that's why you want to work your way up the food chain in term of whatever department you're in. Once you become get to a certain level and you become a manager and you start adding stripes onto your lapels. uh, Like Gopher on the love boat? Yes. Once once you start moving up, (laughs) that's when you start to get a room that's a little higher off the waterline and you can get a solo room. And once you've got your own room on a cruise ship as an employee... It is the greatest day of your life. It is the best. Oh it's like God. moving out of your parents' place for the first time. It's like, I'm going to have sex whenever I want. Okay. <laughs> no one's going to stop. I'm not going to put a sock on the door. This is my room.
0: Uh, can I talk about your interaction with the guests? Yes. Um, I uh, I hate goodbyes. Like, I, I, I hate goodbyes. I shun them. I never say goodbye to anybody. I always say, to be continued. Okay. Have you ever, I mean, over the course of a week, you get to know people. You see them every day. Yes. Maybe you strike up conversations, and maybe you have a connection. Is saying goodbye hard? I know this is, this is so bittersweet of me to even say, but that's no, the first I like thing it. I would no. think of. I hate saying goodbye. So,
1: uh, and I think I speak for a lot of cruise ship employees when I say this, is that you see repeat guests all the time. Aww. So, your favorite guests, the ones that you get to know... It's not going to be long before you see them again because they love like cruising. For a lot of people, cruising is their way of vacationing. They wouldn't do it any other way. And and they're okay coming back to the exact same vacation over and over and over. Watching the same shows, going to the, see the same comedians and musical acts. They love it. They love what they know. And they know that when they come back, they're going to see all of their favorite staff members. When people come on cruise ships, they say, oh, is Ricardo still here from Spain? He was our server the last time. Yes, he's still here. Can we be seated at his table again?
0: Ah, oh, that's and great. It's
1: like family. And, and the servers are a, an amazing group of people. I don't know how they remember everything that they do, let alone your food orders. They remember all of your your kids' names, your pets' names, your grandmothers. Your, they remember every—and months later— they will remember. A year later, two years later when they come back, yes, I served you. It was this date and this time. How is your mother doing? I remember she was sick with
2: cancer. It's crazy how much they remember. We've it. seen that at resorts for sure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Totally. But yeah. do you ever like realize that these people must be absolutely loaded? Because Disney Cruise is yeah. not inexpensive. So you're like, I think I should wear a tater shirt today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, and depending on the cruise that you go on. So I worked on Disney, and to, to go on Disney, family of four, costs you an arm and a leg. You, re, you, you have to be a certain person earning a certain amount of money to go on a Disney cruise. Um, the ones that I remember the most were the grandparents who brought their entire families on. They would pay for everyone to come on—their sons, their daughters, their, their sons and daughters, wives, all of the kids. You—it's not uncommon, especially during the holiday season at Christmas time, to meet a uh, a woman, a man, and a woman in their seventies, maybe eighties, get into a conversation only to realize that they've paid for every single one of their family members to come oh, on. Oh, that's touching. And the one thing that I found that they all had in common is they said, "We pay for you to come on. You pay for your own flights. We'll pay for the cruise, but." The one rule is we all have to meet for dinner. That's it. You can go do whatever you want during the day, during the evening. You don't have to meet up anywhere. But when it's dinner time, you're here, you're dressed, and we sit down and we eat as a family. And I always thought that that was really, really cool.
0: Can we talk about drama now?
1: Yeah. I've been, <laughs> yeah.
0: I think we warmed you up real good here. Yeah, no, no, it's good. Okay, when I go on vacation with my husband... I am guaranteed at least one fight with a man. We fight when we go on vacation, usually by Tuesday. Hillary, do you fight when you go
2: on vacation? Mm, We fight before we go on vacation, but once (laughs) we're there, no. No. It's the preparatory planning stress that I don't handle well, and the Mm -hmm. flying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. There's a lot of stress towards the actual traveling part. Fair enough. Tim and I will always have, like, the Tuesday fight where I'm just—he's just in my face now, and I want him to get out of my face. Do you see a lot of marital drama, family dramas play out?
1: Okay, so I um, never—on all of my years on uh, on the sea, I never saw— guests, uh, like family fighting with each other. I always saw other guests fighting with each other. Uh, So for example, one of the big, one of the big fights that always happens on cruise ships. And if you're lucky to be there, it's, it's quite a spectacle (laughs) is people reserving seats in a theater. So every night uh, uh, on the ship, there is a huge thousand uh, seat theater where all the different Disney shows would happen. Uh, All of the movies that you know and love of Disney, they would have these recreated stage shows that would last 45 minutes to an hour, and these were a big deal, and everyone wanted to see them, but you're not allowed to reserve seats. So someone would show up and reserve 10 seats across, Uh, and they would be there 30 minutes earlier, grab these prime seats, and then as all the other guests come in, are these taken? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm saving them. So everyone would fill up, and that showtime is like five minutes away. A family of five comes in, and there's ten empty seats. We're sitting here. No, you can't have these. I'm saving them. Well, you're not allowed to save seats, so we're going to sit here. I the amount of fist fights that I have seen between guests, like dads like to really save their seats. <laughs> it's always the dads. It's always the dads, does, yeah. and then the moms are always the finger pointers, the finger pointers and the yellers. You know, the the moms do the yelling, and the dads are there to. If it comes to blows, I'm ready to. It's like <laughs> we're sitting down to watch Cinderella here, and you're gonna fist fight over this. There's another show at eight thirty. Just go out, and Come back. So you'd see that a lot. I can remember one time. I had two dads that were facing off in the atrium and for anyone who doesn't know, the atrium is the middle of the ship where the big grand staircase Yeah, I'm would thinking come I'm down. thinking Titanic now again yes. where she comes down. Okay. That yes. would be the atrium right. of the ship. It's this beau it's the most beautiful place on the ship. It's gorgeous. And I can remember these two dads facing off almost like it looked like a basketball fight. And <laughs> If you watch basketball, you know that they very rarely do they throw punches, but they always get up and, like, their lips are touching as they're like, puzzling. It! And it's just like, are you guys making out or ready to throw down? But I had, these two dads came together because one had a teenage son, the other had a teenage daughter things happened oh and the dads God. caught wind of it and it was almost this like you're from the wrong side of the tracks kind
2: of thing And I you're just both remember, on a freaking disney cruise yeah. you're and fine
1: I, I can remember thinking you guys need to hold this off i need to go get popcorn for everyone we're gonna come back and get a front row seat <laughs> oh at this anyway God. we got in we managed to get in between them security came there was no there was no uh, fist thrown but man that was the closest that i had ever seen to two dad- and they were they were like bowflex dads
0: Oh, my God. That's you know, dangerous. You know the
1: muscular, sinewy kind of guy that looks like they've been working out on their Bowflex since 1980? That's what these guys look <laughs> like. like. This would be—I don't even know where my money's going uh, on this now, bike.
2: Cruz, question for you. All the staff, they're all getting knit on and doing things. Has there ever been, like—have you ever witnessed an outbreak— like like a that uh, the clap <laughs>
0: like, like a, an outbreak of the clap is that what you're asking
2: <laughs> well i would assume it, well, like for, for, things get around
1: all, first of all i've never been involved in, a, in an outbreak thing i don't know if you can hear that the through cl- the microphone <laughs>
0: clap is spreading did you just wow. cross do you, yourself do you,
1: do you even knock on wood or you just should you just clap you just clap, to, on, to clap just, off i don't even know what to say here but yeah, that would absolutely that would absolutely happen for sure. God. It's not something that that is spoken <laughs> that anyone really really wants to talk about. But no doubt, <laughs> no doubt that has happened. What you really have to be concerned about, and and cruise ship employees will know this, is not so much getting um, a sexually transmitted disease. It would be getting GI gastrointestinal virus, which which puts you out for an entire week. And basically what it is, you get sick and it spreads through the ship like wildfire, through the crew, through the guests, to the point where when you go in to eat your dinners, you're putting on rubber gloves. And anyone who's ever traveled on a cruise ship knows before you walk into any restaurant, they're always handing you wipes. So you can wipe your hands and you're constantly... By the end of a a seven-day cruise, your hands are raw. Because you've used these sanitary wipes so much to keep your hands clean. And any crew member will tell you, once you've had GI and it's coming out both ends, you, <laughs> you wash your hands like a maniac. Anyone, <laughs> if you ever meet someone who's worked on a cruise ship, I will tell you they're the most cl- the cleanest people on the planet because they wash their hands a hundred times a day.
2: What about drama amongst the, uh, the different guests on a cruise ship? Say, um or sorry, the staff on a cruise ship when yeah. relationships go wrong in tight quarters?
1: Um, I think a lot of people come into cruise ship life knowing that these relationships are temporary. That does that's the, I don't speak for everybody there, but I think a lot of the relationships are temporary. So who you're dating this month might not be the same person that you're dating next month. And once the person that you're dating gets off the ship because of the end of their contract, well, you better... You better find something else to do now. So relationships <laughs> relationships come and go. It's one of those things that's just, uh, I don't want to say accepted, but everyone sort of understands that, yep, this is, you know, uh, w- what's the old song? Oh, my God. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. But right. what, what is that? I, I got it. Yeah. I know, uh, yeah. If, if you can be. What you look? Yeah, <laughs> that's I would say that's the best description of cruise ship life and, and love life anyway, is that if the one I anyone who comes on a ship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend back home, I wish them the best of luck.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, it's wow. Not, yeah,
1: you're going to be broken up with that person. By the end of the first month,
0: there's no way you can be on a ship for four to six nope. months and not be well, a there's human like nothing being.
2: else to do. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, for,
1: for anybody who's done it, who's managed to do it faithfully. But like, bravo. I, I knock on wood and clap for you. But <laughs> so to if, if speak. you've done it. I'm, I'm really I'm really impressed with you because I've never met anyone who's done it, who's gotten on the ship. Either, fiance, I don't care. You're either going to break up with them or you're going to end up cheating on them and feel guilty. And then Unless, of course, them.
2: you have an open relationship. And... Yeah,
1: that works, too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that works, um, too.
2: Has, has anyone ever gone
0: overboard on one of your ships?
1: Okay. <laughs> i got to ask. <laughs> so not, not on my ship, but I can remember a story where um, a carnival cruise, there was a man and a woman, a husband and wife, I assume, were fighting in their stateroom. And they got into this huge drunken fight. And she said something to the effect, "Well, why don't you just jump off the balcony?" And he did.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh God. God! So we're out in
1: the middle of the ocean. Oh. Jumps off into the ocean, and then suddenly Carnival does a 180 out in the sea, and trying to find a, a person floating in the ocean in the middle of the night. It, it talk about needle in a haystack. It's it's even worse than that. Uh, And what turned out to happen is that Carnival's lights, their exterior lights, their searchlights weren't working and they couldn't get down their rescue boat. Not that they could even find this guy. So they radioed a distress, and any ship that receives a distress call, you have to come to their aid. It's not like, oh, we're kind of late for schedule. We need to be in, you know, Hawaii tomorrow. No, you're turning your ship yeah. around and you coming back You couldn't ignore to it
0: because I'd, like, pretend to ignore it. Oh, I didn't see it, guys. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Sorry. <laughs> our radio must have been to a different frequency. No, you have to you go. You have to go. So at that time, our ship turned around, came back, and if I can say anything for Disney, their safety standards are through the roof. So all of our equipment is working just fine. <laughs> And what happened was they brought the ship pretty much to a standstill, and everyone, all the guests, knew what was happening. So all of our guests are out on their balconies, out on the decks, looking for this person. And you can hear someone out in the water, but it's hard to pinpoint. And people are yelling, I think he's there! I think he's there! I think he's there! And at one point, the captain came over the loudspeaker, and without, you know, in very few words, pretty much told the entire ship, shut up. And everyone, he didn't say that, but everybody just went quiet like dead silent and you could hear out in the ocean
0: help me <laughs> help. my god this is brutal oh
1: and this guy's been in the water for a while like we weren't there right when it happened like we what are we talking hours a, probably about a half an hour oh, maybe 40 oh minutes. God. treading water after a couple of pops in the bar so he's treading water out there. Well, sure enough, the Disney Cruise gets gets down on the boat. They go out. They rescue this guy, bring him back to our ship, and then we carry him into the next port. But I'll never forget that. That whole idea of why don't you just jump? We didn't know what the story was at the time, but later we would learn. Why don't you just jump off the balcony? Well, maybe I will. You Splash.
2: Know, I, <laughs> Splash. <laughs> that sounds like an expensive venture because I bet he got fined.
1: Um, I don't know what the fine would be or who he would even have to pay but it's certainly the duty of any ship in the area to come to the aid of another ship that needs it.
0: Don't you kind of respect him though? Because that's the way I that's how I would roll. It'd be like, Oh yeah, you wanna try me? I'm going in. Gonna you don't think I got it? I got it. I got it right now. I, uh, but, I, this, I I'm that person I am that man I would jump over to just to make a point and just to make my husband yeah. go, God damn. But it's a good story, you know. If you want to yeah.
1: have a good cruise ship story, that's can I tell a story about someone uh, it's a, it's a similar kind of story. Okay, sure, get, of course. I know you didn't ask a question. It's but a it's podcast. We got out there. Yeah, okay, so um, <laughs> speaking of this kind of story anyway and being remembered, immortalized, like this guy in my mind, I was on the ship for five years. He's one of the top ten stories that I remember going overboard and having to rescue this guy. So oh, if you're wow. going to go out, you got, might as well go out big. So it was during the time of the World Cup. So soccer's being played and on a ship, there's more, you know, Europeans, so it's football. So you have to get used to that. Everyone comes to football. Anyway, uh, people are off in port. We're in St. Thomas at the time. And it's a beautiful day out. Crew members are off the ship. People are watching in port and in restaurants and bars and stuff like that. And there was this one uh, waiter who was from France. And his team was playing. France was playing at the time. And everyone said, hey, man, listen, we've got to get back to the ship. Uh, we're going to be leaving in about 30 minutes. Like, we're we're already late It is, we got to rush back. He's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead without me. I just want to – there's just – it's an important part right now. No, no, man, we have to go. We have to go. No, 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 I'll catch up to you guys. I'll run. I'll, I'll catch up. So everyone that was with him, they all make their way back to the ship. They go down the pier. They show their ID cards. They get on board. Ship sounds the horn. We're We're leaving. We're waiting on this guy. He doesn't show up. All the guests are back. All the crew members are back except for this guy. We're not going to delay an entire cruise ship of paying customers because this one guy wants to watch France in the World Cup. So the captain pulls in all the ropes, pulls in all the ramps, closes up all the watertight doors, starts pushing away from the pier. Well, if you look down, here's this guy running as fast as he can, like the flash, (laughs) running down the pier. Wait, wait, wait! So up on the bridge, the captain and all of his officers, they see it. They don't have time to put out all the red carpets and stuff, okay? So normally what would happen is just above the waterline, there would be a huge porthole door in the side of the ship. Oh, my God. This would open up, okay, just like a regular door would, and uh, a huge ramp would be set out. You'd tie up to the sides. You'd pull in, tighten. It's a long process to get hooked up again. What they did is they just opened up the porthole, pulled the ship as close as they could to the pier, and all the security guys on the inside are like, jump, jump. No so, way. So he has to jump this huge, I want to say, you know, I want to say it's a 20-foot gap. It was a huge gap of water. So it's either you've got to make this or you're going to end up in the drink. So sure enough, he just he took a huge running start. And guests are looking over the side of the <laughs> ship down onto this guy. He runs, leaps the gap, lands on the ship. All the crew members grab him and everyone's excited like, "Yay, he made it. Oh my god, that was the most amazing thing ever." They stood him up. They're like, "Wow, congratulations. Go to your room and pack your bags. You're fired." <laughs> but I'll always remember that guy is if if you have to go out you might as well go out on top. You might as well. If you have to go home with your tail between your legs back to France, you got fired from the ship. How did you get fired? Well,
0: <laughs> funny story. Funny story. I was watching the World <laughs> Cup
2: and
1: I had to jump the gap. So that's that's a guy that I'll always uh, I'll always remember. <laughs> I'm sure. surprised
2: they didn't just leave him, though, and then ship back his stuff. Yeah, that happens a lot. People
1: get left in port all the time. What? Uh, yeah. So what what happens is if you are a guest, we will leave you behind. Now, here's the catch. So when you're on board, you go on different shore excursions. Like when you get to a certain port, uh, you can buy your excursions through Disney at a premium, really expensive. Or you can go off and try to get the exact same thing in town for maybe half the price, but you have to go and find it yourself. Now, when you go off and find it yourself, if your excursion is late and we're leaving, we're not going to wait for you. Even if you're a paying guest, we're not waiting for you. But if you go off on a Disney cruise, on a Disney excursion, the ship will wait for you. Right. Ah, so that's the premium. So we're never going to leave you Uh. behind if you're on an excursion and they're late, and if they are for whatever reason. We'll even get charter a plane to fly you to our next port and meet up with you and and do all that kind of stuff. But
0: what if you um what if you uh, you they, how do you find the 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 thing again? I mean, if they do leave you behind, I mean, I get if it's a Disney thing, but yeah, you're you on your
1: to, own. You have to arrange for your own transportation. Your own. Yeah. Oh to, well, I guess yeah. To, to find out, you know, okay, the next stop we're in, you know, St. Thomas today. We're going to be in St. Martin tomorrow. We can get a boat or a ferry to take us across. We might have to wait in a hotel or something, but we can link back up with the ship for the remainder. Of
0: our, oh. So your Disney cruise just got a whole lot more expensive.
1: Yeah, a little bit more exciting yeah. too as well.
2: <laughs> That's uh, nuts.
0: Yeah. Can I I just want to ask you, I mean, you you work for 5 years on this cruise yeah. ship. You've seen things, you've met a lot of people. Uh people have come and gone from your life in that 5 yeah. years. What do you learn about yourself in that time? Let's get deep,
1: cruise. What did I learn about myself in that time? Um you You learn to make it on your own it it's really one of those birth by fire kind of things there's lots of jobs that you'll take in your life where uh, you get a training period okay you're You're on probation we're going to train you for the next two weeks we're going to send you to Toronto and take a course on human all of this stuff. When you work for Disney, the first day you arrive, you get your uniform, you walk up, they hand you a microphone, go out, and host this thing you're like i don't know what i'm doing." Or at least that's how it was when I started. I know they've got larger training programs now, but it's one of those birth by fires. So in my particular job, uh, I was an MC around the ship hosting all different kinds of events, whether it was a, a game show with children in a, in a television studio or hosting a pirate party with Jack Sparrow up on the top deck for 3,000 guests. There were all different kinds of levels of performance and you walk on, and maybe you're a, a good or an average performer when you walk on, but when you leave at the end of four months, at the end of five years, you've had the accumulation of hours on a microphone. You're not afraid of anything. You know, so I, I think it was Seinfeld who did a joke years ago that was like, "There are things, there's two things that people fear. Like the, the, the one thing that people fear the most in life is talking in front of people. Right. Public speaking. The, the second on the list is death. So people are more afraid of speaking in front of a crowd <laughs> than dying. And his whole joke was you would rather, you know, be in the casket than giving the eulogy. That's that's the, the essence of that. But when you work as an MC on a cruise ship, you're not afraid of anything. If someone hands you a microphone for the rest of your life, you're the person giving the eulogy. You're the best man at your your friend's wedding doing all of the speeches. That's now your new role.
2: Do you think it's easy because the guests are only there for a limited time? So if you screw up one round of guests, you've got the next?
1: Uh, you become really good friends with the guests. So when you're with a group of friends, they can be very forgiving. So if you get up there and you're tongue-tied or you make a mistake or whatever, the guests know you. They've seen you around the ship. They're going to see you for the next couple of days anyway. You become friends. And, with your, and you're with your, when you're with your friends, you're more relaxed. You're not as nervous. Uh, no one's going to rake you over the coals. So you can just say and do whatever you want and feel comfortable that you can fall back into that safety net of friends, whereas... It's let's say if you're on the radio, people aren't necessarily your friends and they're a little bit more judgmental. If you make a mistake or say something that they don't agree with, they'll oh, I hate this guy, He's such an idiot or whatever. But on a cruise <laughs> ship, everyone, everyone just loves you and they'll catch you and they want to talk to you and meet you. Um, so I, I think the, the, the big sorry to get back to what you asked before, the biggest change that I've seen is just having that independence and knowing that you feel okay when to be smack dab in the middle of a city where no one speaks English around you to be able to find your way around the world, uh, you just come back a little bit more independent, knowing that you don't have to rely on everyone. That it's up to me to figure out how I'm going to tackle whatever situation it is in your life.
0: Yeah, why did you leave? By the way, I know five years is a long time for anybody to work on a okay. cruise ship, but there was a was there was there an incident cruise that we need to know about? No, it, it, For <laughs> me,
1: it was just at some point you think, okay, I want to. I want to have a family i want to set down roots uh and working and living on a cruise ship and trying to do it there are people who do it but it's very hard it's very hard to say it you know what and a lot of people have compared it to being in the military where you have a wife you have a kids but then you go away on duty for eight months of the year and you miss out on the lives of your children your husband your wife your spouse Uh, The cruise ship is exactly the same way. You're gone for four months, six months at a time. You come home for two months and then you're gone again. Trying to have any kind of lasting relationships in that framework is very, very difficult. So I said to myself, I said, five five years was enough. I think I've got it. I'm going to go back and start looking for work. Anyway, it worked out. I found a job on radio, which pretty much took the skills that I had, the public speaking skills that I had from the ship. And I was able to transfer and tweak those a little bit to make it work on land.
2: Do you think maintaining connections back at home is a lot easier now with social media? I mean, oh, how no. long ago yes. were you doing this?
1: Yeah. So this was a couple of years back and, and the Internet on the ship was brutal and it would cost you an arm and a leg and cell phones were not what they were today. So staying in contact with people back home wasn't as easy. But now with all of the different international plans, you know, national plans, it's so much easier to stay in contact. FaceTime was not a thing. When when all I left right. the sh- like it wasn't it was just so, sort of started. So it wasn't something that everyone was accessing right away. Skype had just sort of come about. People were really starting to get into Skype. Uh, but now I think it's a lot easier to try to maintain those relationships and stay current. Social media really helps you stay current on things where everyone's like, oh, I don't like social media. Facebook's uh, stupid for someone working on a cruise ship. If people back home are posting pictures of their life all the time, you feel like you haven't missed anything. You The birthdays, the Christmases you haven't missed any of those things because you're seeing all the photos and you know what's going on back home. But the one thing, like when you're on a ship, uh, you don't have your family. So you have to become family with all of the people around you, whether it's the guests or the crew members, we're all here alone together for Christmas. So we're all going to trade gifts together. It doesn't have to be something super expensive, but we're all going to, we're going to dress up. We're going to take photos. We're going to be our own little family for Christmas. And then, you know, a couple of months from now, the ship changes over, you get new crewmates, and then you're going to be family with them for Thanksgiving, for, you know, Halloween, for whatever it's going to be. So it's a it's a tight little Aww, family. On cruise ships. It's, you, it's really it, I don't know if I'm painting. a. a
0: no, it you know, is nice. Of, it's, it's
1: I my cruise ship experience was nothing but amazing.
0: Hillary, wouldn't you love to go on a cruise with me?
2: No. I'd throw you <laughs> we, overboard.
0: We could be roommates <laughs> and we could be MCs and we could yeah. just be live this glamorous life I all day. Do, long.
1: I want to do a quick impression of Sandra <laughs> on a cruise ship, and it might sound a little familiar from earlier. Oh, Help! Oh, <laughs> Help! Oh. I think I see her! She's in
0: the water! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs>
2: Help.
0: Help. And Hillary would be like, no, she's fine. No, she definitely didn't go over. But just I just don't
2: think that a, a little corner bathroom would ever suffice for you and I.
0: No, I, Hillary and I were at Canadian Music Week together and I went upstairs, I brought her a drink and I watched her get ready and I thought I was a high maybe until I saw <laughs> this one and her hair products and everything and she, I think I watched you get ready for 90 minutes and you, <laughs> just we were choosing your outfit, you did your hair uh, you smoky eyed a little bit it was just hilarious, yeah we'd never met, we'd kill each other too, wouldn't we? I they? think you guys yeah. would
1: make perfect roommates because you're both along the same lines, I could see you down in the crew bar right now. Hillary, okay, I'm going back to my room here. If you see a sock on the door?
2: For the record, you know Sandra's the slut in this relationship. <laughs> Do you know what
0: I? Um, I'm the worst. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other uh, the other day, "Are you single?" I said, "No," but I act like it when I'm when I'm with when I'm drunk. <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> oh, I'm a wannabe slut. You know I am.
1: <laughs> we had a, there is a there's a whole bunch of different announcements on the ship um, to notify all of the crew members of emergencies that are happening on the ship. Uh, we have these code names, so we don't say you know. There's a fire. There's a medical emergency here because you don't want all the guests to know that this is going down. So, if you're on a ship and you hear these weird announcements going on, like one of them is Mr. Mob, Mr. Mob, Mr. Mob, port side, Mr. Mob, Mob being man overboard. <gasps> oh. So, if you ever heard Mr. Mob port side, you'd have to go to the, you know, to the left side of the ship and look for a body because that's what what's <laughs> happened here. Uh, the other one is Bright Star, Bright Star, deck three aft, meaning deck three at the back of the ship. There's a medical emergency. But every time, you know, the guests hear this, they always run to the side. Oh, there's a bright star outside. We're, <laughs> it's four o'clock in the afternoon. What the hell are they talking about? That would mean a medical emergency. But the reason I bring this up is because red parties, red parties, red parties, and then a location on the ship. So everyone would think, oh, there's a red party going on. That's actually a fire. So if you hear oh. red parties, you don't want to go to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But we had a guy, uh, a, a senior officer who had a, a very thick thick accent and he had to announce it one time and instead of saying red parties it sounded like he said red panties red
0: panties <laughs> red panties deck four forward so every guy i it. repeat <laughs>
1: Red panties, red panties, red panties. <laughs> you could just. <laughs> and I'm thinking of you and Hillary right now. I'm thinking of the two of you. Like, How red did panties? you know,
2: Cruz? <laughs> Are those mine? Are they out on the door Oh, Not again! <laughs> Damn it! I forgot. Hill, can you go and get them for me? Just awful. Cruz, thanks so much for joining us on the Quick and the Dirty podcast. You're a blast. Welcome.
1: <laughs> thank you very much for having me anytime this episode is over but the conversation doesn't have to be follow hillary and sandra on social instagram at hillary on air at sandra kiss 105 3. twitter at hillary welch at sandra kiss 105 3. and on facebook at quick and dirty podcast got a question email hillary and sandra the quick and the dirty at gmail.com Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find the quick and the dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.